The following podcast on the Your Own Pay Podcast Network will contain adult content. Listener discretion is advised. More information about this episode can be found at yourownpay.com. I should buy one of these bamboo, whatever, desktop standing desk things. So I put it on top of the desk and then I can raise it and lower it. Uh, so I can stand work, up. Maybe. Yeah, standing is nice. Um, the the boom arm that I have now is too short for me to uh, stand up, and that is frustrating at times. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about it for a while. Uh, I need to do the research on the desktop or the tabletop standing desk, because instead of buying a whole new desk, which would be crazy, plus I have a pretty nice desk now, uh is to get like a little thing that you put on top of the desk or on top of a table if you don't have a, and you can raise that platform up so that you can is stand. Is that how those work? So they have the standing desk, which is the entire desk. Like, I don't know, you know, the, the, the whole thing raises up and down. That's, that's a, you know, standing desk, but they do have what they call a tabletop standing desk uh, that you can put on top of a surface that's already there. And then it raises up independent from what it's sitting on. Okay, I might have to look into that because I thought they clamped like onto the bottom of the desk and pushed your actual physical desk up. And I'm like, man, that sounds like a big disaster. Mm. (laughs) So somebody may have made something like that. And I actually thought about like, what would it take to turn my desk that I'm using now into a standing desk? Uh, Yeah, I should just go buy a new desk if I'm going to do that because... This bitch is heavy. It's like some cherry oak, yeah. like solid cherry oak, and it's not thin. Uh, it's not the pasteboard thin crap either. Uh, yeah, so, no. the So, I've never actually seen one, but from what I understand, like the standing desk, the entire, where the entire thing is a standing desk, you will buy that, set it up, and there's like a little control box on the side of most of them that you would push a button to up, no, raise it up or lower it down. And basically, it's a tabletop with some of them, I think, come with like, you know, under the top kind of little storage areas or cable management or something like that. But it's basically just a tabletop on some legs that can raise and lower. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've never seen one. Me either. Something that's intrigued me, but I don't have the spare ca- I say that as I just put a brand new Apple Watch on. I don't have the spare cash to make it happen. Uh, so you don't like that. That's the thing. That's the reason I haven't actually bought one because I think I could probably rig up something reasonable enough for me to be able to do what I want to do. It does interest me in like, like I said, the, the actual tabletop desk where you sit this thing on top of your existing desk or or an existing table and then it can lower and raise you know separate from what you you know you actually have it sitting on which would be the more sensible thing for me to look at depending on pricing because i already have a desk and it's a nice desk it's not an ikea uh (laughs) pressed together uh you know compacted yeah. uh sawdust desk which is what a lot yep. of these yep. new desks are like this this is solid and you have a nice desk you got like a roll top desk or something like that right so that's the desk that i have in the dining room that the boys have been using man all the nice things go to the kids just say uh that's what so happens, the boys have been using <laughs> what was that i said that's what happens mike that's, that's just what happens <laughs> yeah 
I know, I know. So the boys have been using that uh, primarily when they're doing schoolwork, and that's Mallory's grandpa's desk. It's been around for years, and it's it's solid. Like there is not moving that. It's 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 a two man job, and it's a pretty. It, and that's when it's empty. And then in the bedroom where I'm do where I'm actually working from, I have a. I, I want to say we bought it for like. 110 bucks from Walmart or something. And it's this very, not, not super thin, but it's pretty much a piece of wood on two metal bars that screw into the bottom of the desk. Ah, It's really what it is. Yeah. I had one of those too. Yeah. So it's, it's sturdy. Like I can, I mean, I guess it's sturdy. I've got a lot of stuff on it and it's big enough for me, but it is not a solid oak desk, but it works just fine for, for what I've got going on. So yeah, but it's probably, if it's like the one I had, uh, which rehab bought me about 14, 15 years ago, uh, <laughs> a while ago. Yeah. A long time ago. Uh, it, it was that same style always basically just like, so to me, what mine looked like was like the, some school desks you've seen in classrooms except just bigger for an adult like not the ones where they're there everything is attached together but like the little standalone tabletop desk with the little feet on each side the legs on each side uh and the legs are kind of toward the back of the the, the platform and then the front of the yeah. feet they're they're like long little things yeah yeah i had one of those those are pretty solid that that's i mean it's real wood like it doesn't have to be you know i don't even know if this is exactly Oh, this could be some difference. But I just know the shit is heavy. It's all I know about why. <laughs> but yeah, those are those are nice. And if I had to go buy a desk right now because I didn't have one, I would look for one like the one that you have uh, in the bedroom uh, because they're they're solid enough that putting stuff on them is not going to break them. But they're also sturdy and they're light enough that if you need to move it around a little bit, you can do it by yourself. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's what I like the most about it is it's quick and easy and I can move it around now. That being said, I am currently upstairs in Benjamin's room. I have the boom arm clamped to the window seal. I'm sitting on the end of his bed with the laptop on my lap and we're recording from there because Mallory's in the room right now. So, yeah, it's you know, that's the, the beautifulness of using USB-C mm-hmm. microphone, though, is you can just pick up and move if you need to move stuff around. Mm-hmm. That is the advantage of a USB microphone. I think I... Although, I think. I, do you need a mixer? I need a mixer. Yes, so do I. So, oh, speaking of mixers, though, I listened to that episode of uh, the Motion Show because I went and listened to the episode that you sent me a link to recently, which is his uh, chat about One Password on Windows with a little mm-hmm. bit of iOS stuff in there. Links will be available to these episodes at youronpay.com slash DM59, almost to 60. Yeah, man. Uh, and I went and listened to... Uh, I had to scroll back, scroll back, and I finally found the episode that you sent me a link to a long time ago where you uh, had an audio co- recording where you asked him about, you know, how does he do, do his mix minus or whatever. Yeah. Uh, possibly necessarily because it was a show and he was trying to compress it. Like his explanation wasn't super helpful. Uh, <laughs> like I understand enough of what he's doing to know how to do what he said. Like or know how to accomplish the same thing that he's doing, but I'm not quite certain mm-hmm. what he has plugged into what and how it's plugged in, and that's that's what I mean about it not being very super helpful. If you didn't know anything about setting up a mix minus with a mixer and how to route stuff, uh, but as he said, you know, he had to try to keep it short because it is a very technical topic. Uh, yeah, my understanding of what he's doing is he has audio out from his computer plugged into an input in his mixing board. 
uh, and he only uses the USB. That's so he gets the audio for Jaws and all of that stuff out of his computer into the mixer. And he can control that. And then he uses the USB wire uh, from his mixer to his computer to only send the audio out from like a Skype call or whatever he happens to be using. Uh, it's interesting he mentioned he doesn't use Skype anymore either, which I find uh, fascinating that people are finally starting to let that hot pile of garbage go. Uh, Which one? Skype. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, deja vu. Didn't we just talk about this? Uh, Not too long. <laughs> he mentioned that he doesn't use Skype anymore. Uh, yep. He mentioned a couple of things, Zoom, and he mentioned one app that I hadn't heard of. Uh, Squadcast? Uh, no, I've heard of that one. Uh, yeah, because we tried that one out. Yeah. But, yeah. but uh, good time. It's an interesting topic, though. So, How do you find it? So overcast, what are some of the things you want to see in overcast? So before we get there, I want you to tell everybody about uh, Castro, uh, which is the podcast app that you switched to when you went back to iOS. Uh, So tell us about Castro and then I'm going to go through and kind of highlight some of the features that I have on a wish list for Marco for overcast. So first of all, uh, for those who don't know, I was attracted to Castro when I was listening to Jonathan's podcast. Looks like the first three links on our uh, links mentioned heading is going to be Jonathan podcast uh but i was attracted to castro for a couple of reasons number one i like one of the features you don't like in castro and that is the uh new tab which is pretty much an inbox of all of your podcast episodes i can uh, so how castro works is you subscribe to podcasts and then anytime a new podcast episode is published and you can change this based on each episode or each podcast i believe i haven't configured it that much there's a lot of configuration of it. Yeah, there is. Uh, but you can go in and have it set to drop all of the most recent episodes in a show into the new tab. So, for example, I'm on the Kelly & Co. Uh, team, which is an accessible media incorporated podcast. And what Kelly & Co. does is they drop their full show and then they drop each segment as its own podcast. But all of those items are put into one RSS feed. So when I was using Pocket Cast, which is my previous podcast, player of choice say that five times fast uh i would have to listen to whatever came up first in the rss feed and maybe it was one of the segments and then maybe it was a full show and then skip past all the other segments and it's it's a first world problem but often when i'm listening to podcasts i'm doing dishes which means my hands are wet Mm -hmm. which means my screen's not going to respond very well to me trying to double tap and slide across the screen Mm -hmm. to skip past uh podcast so when I heard that feature, I'm like, man, that is nice. And then I subscribe to a lot of podcasts that honestly, I only want to hear an episode here and there. I don't, I don't really want to listen to everything they publish, but every once in a while they have some, some nuggets of content that I'm like, man, that would be great to listen to. So I, my day starts out by me checking out the new tab. I'll go through and I'll add podcast episodes that I know I'll want to listen to from the new tab into my queue. You can flick down and you have play, queue next, queue last, clear, and drag. There might be another option there, but I think that's it. Uh, so I add, I pretty much set up a playlist of podcasts is the best way to explain it, of podcast episodes. So I either queue things next, queue last, and then there's a tab on the bottom left-hand corner that says queue. If 
if you double tap on that, you can rearrange your podcast episodes that you have in the queue if you want to go that in-depth. Typically, I don't, but every once in a while, I'll move something up or whatnot. So those are the two features that I really liked about Castro. And then I accidentally paid for an annual subscription. Funny how that works out when you're trying something out and you forget to cancel it. uh, And I didn't realize it until I got the receipt and i'm like well i was thinking about paying for it but i guess the decision was made Hmm. for me (laughs) it's not worth canceling it now uh but one of the features with that that i really like is someone sent me a i'm trying to remember what it was hold on so someone sent me an audio file and i don't remember what it was but i double tapped on it and then it opened a google drive folder uh, or it opened a google drive uh location, which is where it was saved at. And then if you double tap on more actions, you can hit open with, and one of the options right there is Castro. So I was easily able to open a audio file in Castro and it saved all my speed settings. So I quickly was able to go through that audio file. And then the last benefit is on windows 10, uh, I installed the iCloud control panel and got that all set up. And then I was able to access my iCloud drive and drop some audio files for a commissioner's project I'm involved in. So I could quickly go through those recorded calls and play them at two X. And those files just showed up in Castro in the inbox or in the new tab. And I could add them to my queue or leave them in the new tab. Lastly, I know I said that a second ago, but lastly, when you've configured everything out of the new tab that you uh, want to listen to, and if the rest of it is like extra content that is not something you're interested in, there's a clear button so you can clear out that new tab and just listen to your queue. And then when new content is posted or new podcasts are posted, then they show up in that new tab and you can either add them to your queue or clear them. So that's a quick quick rundown. Uh, I remember the one thing I was missing in the uh, actions rotor for your queue or for the new tab. It is play, which is one flick down, then add to queue, add to top of queue, add to bottom of queue, clear, drag, and then activate, which is the main one, which activate actually only opens the podcast episode. It doesn't start playing it. So you can look at the show notes. You know, that's the thing that I had a problem figuring out. I admittedly did not use Castro that long because uh, that inbox thing annoyed the hell out of me. I was like, man, no, no. Because like you, I am subscribed to some shows so I don't forget about them, but I don't want to listen to all of their episodes. I pick and choose. Uh, but I couldn't get to the show notes on one episode that I was listening to in there. Like I went to the now playing screen and I figured there would be like uh show notes or they would be there and I couldn't figure out. And I meant to reach out and ask you how to do it. And then I figured out I had to do a whole lot of management of the inbox. And I was like, man, fuck this. Uh, so, so I got to throw this out there across the top of a player screen is two tabs. One that says player tab and the other one says show notes tab. I did not see that. I uh, completely missed it. Oh. So, uh, I think now I got to look. <laughs> <laughs> There's two tabs. One is for for the player, but I, I now I don't. 
Uh, anyway. I didn't see any towns, but then again, you know, I maybe did not explore quite far enough towards the top of the area of the screen either, because uh, my expectation was for it to be either the way that the way a lot of podcast apps do it is that when you tap into the episode, you'll see like the little if there's now playing, that'll be in one area, but then the notes will be above or below or something or there'll be a button specifically. So I did not actually navigate around to the top of the screen to see if there was anything there. Uh the features that I like about Castro and granted, like, I want to be honest, the reason I didn't stick with it is because I was, well, I'll get to that. Tell you the features I like first. I do like the side loading ability. So whether it's share, you know, share sheet and then send the audio file into uh, Castro, which is nice because oftentimes we have MP3s or something that we want to add. Or the ability to just navigating through iCloud, whether it's on Windows, Mac, or the Files app on iOS, and add a, or maybe even that app on Android, unless you connect to your iCloud stuff. Uh, we'll come back to that one at some point. I need to play with that app. Uh, the, the ability to just drop files into a folder and have them show up there, that is nice. Uh, the podcast app that I use and have been using for, I don't know how long, probably since as long as it's been out. A while, that's for sure. A very long while. I think I was on the beta before it even released. Uh, it's Overcast. And I like Overcast uh, quite a bit. There are some things I don't like about it, but I overall like it. It, it was, you know, one of my favorite apps of all time actually uh marco did some clever stuff with his voice boost and smart speed which other podcast apps have adopted but he was there first with that feature which is the reason he gained so much traction but uh overcast lets you if you're if you're overcast premium uh subscriber uh well you can go to overcast.fm slash uploads log into your account and upload a file that will then show up in the upload section of your uh podcast app that was fine when he first started doing this was six years ago icloud drive as it appears today in the files app none of that stuff was really there there was not cloud kit access for developers etc uh, so it was nice then. Now I really want the ability to just share from my share sheet or go to a folder and drop a file into iCloud and have it show up there. Uh, that introduces the ability to do some interesting automations as well, uh, which I'm, I'm like, that's something you could explore. Uh, well, if you go back to the Mac when you're not working, Mike, hmm. you could explore this option. Hey, MP3 file gets rendered. And dropped into a folder, move it into over, you know, uh, uh, Castro so that you can, you know, preview whatever the next episode is going to look right. like. Uh, but right. I like that feature. Uh, they have a feature that I like also, uh, which is the ability to go to a podcast, select it and look at its chapter list and deselect chapters that you know you don't want to hear. Uh, so it just automatically skips those chapters. That is nice. That is a nice to me bonus feature. Like I didn't miss that ability. I did already miss the ability to just silo stuff into Overcast before I tried it out in Castro. Uh, because one of another one of my favorite apps, Voice Stream Reader, uh, allows you to do that as well. You can drop MP3s or EPUB files or whatever you know file formats it supports into a folder and have them automatically added to your library in the voice stream reader app. Uh, so I did miss that functionality. The chapter skipping is nice. Uh, and 
uh, Mike is correct that you can actually go through and customize what happens on a podcast by podcast level, whether or not it automatically adds stuff to your inbox or not. Uh, just the idea of a podcast inbox just super annoyed me at the time that I was looking at it. Also, I was a little ticked about the premium subscription. So it's twice as much per year as uh, Overcast is or nearly twice as much as $18.99 versus $9.99. So it's like nine bucks more uh, mm -hmm. than Overcast. And they charge you for the chapter support. Like, you don't you, you, like look, not the chapter skipping, which is totally a thing you should make people pay for, because that sounds like it probably was difficult. Uh, but just the ability to access chapters of a podcast seems seemed to me from reading the, the information was also a premium feature. So if I just use Castro for free, I can't navigate. I can't skip through a podcast by chapter, uh, which is crazy to me uh perhaps they have a reason and a good reason that makes sense to them to do it that way but i feel like that's that's madness the free podcast app that comes on everybody's phone from apple gives you chapter support uh so i feel like that is a feature that should be just included now i could say all of this and then go at some point after this show and discover that overcast doesn't give you chapter support unless you're a paying member uh and then i would have egg on my face and i would admit <laughs> also that if Marco is doing that, that shit is stupid. Uh, I don't think he is. I think the only thing you get when you pay for uh, Overcast Premium is the uploads folder, which I, I, I'm imagining not a lot of people are using. Uh, and the ability to hide the advertisement in the podcast list and in a podcast episode. Advertisements meaning the in-app advertisements. People, he, he doesn't automatically skip ads uh, in other people's podcasts, which would be an interesting feature. Uh, mm -hmm. But Castro is a nice app. It is fully accessible. It is actually one of the handful of apps that uh, if you're an Overcast user and you go to settings and scroll all the way down to the bottom, uh, Marco has a section where he recommends other podcast apps if you don't like Overcast. Uh, and Castro has been in that list from day one. Uh, it is a rotating list. So things at the top, you know, they shift around, but you always see like Castro, I think, is one. Well, I know Castro is one. Uh Downcast, I think, used to be in that list. I'm not sure if that's still even supported anymore because I haven't used it in forever. Uh, and a few other podcast apps uh, that he recommends. So nice feature. Uh, handy thing about Castro, too, which I just discovered today. Thanks to Mike asking me a question. Uh, if someone shares a link or if you share a link with someone from Castro for a podcast episode, they tap on the link. If they don't have Castro installed on their device, it takes them to a Castro.fm page uh, with the episode info, uh, the quick summary of whatever the episode was about uh, pulled from the podcast itself and links on the page. If you happen to be on iOS, at least uh, to take you to a different podcast player. So Overcast is in that list. Apple Podcasts was in that list. Uh, and also they had the RSS feed. So pretty nice way of handling sharing. That is one of my concerns, which I do need to do some testing with Overcast now uh, is when you share a link with someone from a, an app, from a specific podcast app that is not you know, the the default podcast app on iOS. Uh, what happens for that person when they tap on the link is is an interesting thing to think about because, you know, uh, if they you don't want to have to go download an app. I had been thinking about trying to build a shortcut that would grab the link, figure out the podcast ID, 
metadata and then convert it into just the Apple Podcast link. And then I decided nobody should really be subjected to the Apple Podcast app uh, by me being the reason that they did so. I want to introduce anybody to podcast that way. Uh, yeah, Castro's a nice app. Check it out. It will be in the show notes as well as links to overcast.fm so that I'm not misunderstood either. I don't really have a problem with their pricing that they have. I just didn't think the chapters should have been behind that paywall. The access to right. navigate by chapters. The ability to deselect a chapter and say, hey, when I'm playing this episode, automatically skip these chapters. Don't even play them is nice and should be a paid feature. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't actually have a problem with their pricing because uh, the app is very well done. It does have features that I have not ever seen in any other podcast app, such as the way that they allow you to manage. I can imagine, I think this is what drew Mike to it, is the inbox feature seems pretty popular with people. Uh, and that is a spin or a take on a podcast app that I have not seen anywhere. Uh, and, and it you know, kind of harkens back a little bit to email somewhat. So uh, nice features. And they also have a team. I don't think it's just one person. I think it's at least a, a handful of people working at uh, Castro. So, hey, pay your devs, man, because they got to eat too. And I'm intrigued to see how well this fits into the Apple Watch lifestyle because there is Apple Watch support on Castro. So I'm not sure how that's going to work. I'm going to play that in the next couple of days. I know Overcast has support for Apple Watch. Uh, I think you can push episodes to your watch so you can take it on the go with you. Uh, so that's that's my next toy to play with for a little bit castro may be able because this is an ability that is fairly new for developers for third-party developers at least on apple watch uh i believe with watch os 7 is actually when we got this uh so before watch os 7 um you as a third-party developer uh let's say overcast or even castro or uh the audible app uh Great old Audible with their confusing plans that make no sense. Uh, You would have to sync content from your phone to your watch in order for it to be playable on the watch as a standalone device. Uh, I believe now that developers are able to use because they're making the watch more independent. uh, I believe they're able to actually connect directly to a source from the watch so Mm. an example would be with castro for example i know marco has not added this to uh overcast uh because well he just hasn't got to it i know he's a little grungy about the watch in a way uh uh, which are reasonable reasons too uh, i mean yeah they're they're reasonable reasons and and he is just one guy whereas some of the other people who are doing spectacular things on the watch other than david smith who is just uh inhuman this guy just makes apps uh like i I don't know i think he dreams about making apps uh but and then they just arrive Yeah, that's how it works. They just arrive. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, but I think what Castro would be able to do, and they may have done this already. Uh, like I said they, they are one of the better apps uh, for podcasts uh, in the Apple ecosystem. What they, what I think in theory they will be able to do, because I don't know this for certain, but I think they will be able to create the watch app. Uh, you have the watch app installed. It can pull from your Castro, because I'm assuming there's, you know, your iCloud backend syncing. I think that's probably how they're syncing your episodes, because I didn't see anything about creating creating an account uh, for Castro. So they're probably using iCloud to sync your your playlists uh, or your your subscription data and all of that stuff. 
uh, they could pull that data from the watch, see what episodes Mike has and say Mike wants to go listen to uh, an episode or a segment from AMI. Uh, hopefully not his episode because or his segment because he's hopefully not that vain of a person to be like oh yeah I want to listen to myself talk about Apple stuff and Android stuff. Uh, but Mike was hey, I do it sometimes because I want to hear how I actually sounded. So I I, I do I do. <laughs> yeah, so let's say Mike wants to do it for that reason. At least that's what he says. <laughs> Just like that accidentally paying for a year of Castro is what he told. Uh, Mallory, Mallory, like yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I forgot about it, and then it billed me. And hey, it only cost me three dollars though. <laughs> Good deal. Two dollars and nineteen cents, I think it was. Good deal. Uh, but let's say Mike wanted to listen to 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 a segment uh, from that show. I think with the with the way that the watch works now, that Castro instead of having to sync that data from from the phone over to the watch, they would actually be able to connect to the feed over the internet, so via Wi Fi or cellular. And stream that episode to Mike's watch. I think that is possible now, uh, which was not possible in the beginning with the Apple Watch. So that introduces new possibilities. Mike, when you do actually get around to playing with the watch, we will put in a follow up topic to find out if it does actually work that way. Yes, we definitely will. Now, speaking of the Apple Watch, not intentionally what I wanted to transition to, but oh no, I man, we were going there because you, you, you just Mike has an Apple Watch. See, man, this guy came back to the iPhone less than a month ago, and he's already got a new watch. Uh, yes, yes, and it just arrived. Uh, two hours ago so <laughs> although to be fair that is one of the real reasons i think that mike wanted to come back into the ios ecosystem was the apple watch uh he, sure he thought about toying with it for a while i'm just gonna uh share this a little bit he thought about doing the family setup for a watch and keeping his android phone and google 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 it's all on you google it's all on the talkback team the web browsing on android drove him back to the actual iphone because yep. I think if web browsing was good over there and that wasn't an issue at all on Android the way that it actually is, I think Mike would have just got a watch and had Mallory set it up for him from her phone as a family uh, setup device and he would have happily went off with his Apple Watch and his Android phone and really been getting, well, no stares from people because nobody goes anywhere. Uh <laughs> but that is exactly what I would have did. Now, out of curiosity, while I was waiting for FedEx, man, FedEx always seems to come early when you're not expecting something. But when you're waiting for something, it just seems like it takes they forever, just show up even late. though it's yeah. <laughs> right. It's it's typically the same time. But uh I was playing with the watch app and it does look like family setup is a pretty easy process. You do have to add the person to your family. So if you didn't know that, Demasi, they have to be part of your your Apple family. Ah. And then you can go in and either they will create an Apple ID or they sign in with their Apple ID. And then you scan the watch and you're you're good to go. Really it just runs off of their Apple ID. Uh which again has to be part of your family. Uh, if you don't have a family in iCloud, it'll prompt you to set one up. So that's how they actually do that. The person setting up your Apple Watch can have access to some information from your Apple Watch. So be aware of that I did not set it up that way, uh, mainly because I have an iPhone right now. Uh, but it is something that could easily be done. I am intrigued by, man, that lifestyle would be ideal if it was for web browsing. Like if I could browse the web reliably, that would be the lifestyle I'd have. Apple Watch for fitness tracking. 
I don't even care if I get my notifications on it. That's an expensive fitness tracker, though. Uh, <laughs> but hey, it is 100% and accessible. That's, yeah, that is true. And then pay for or use the Android phone. But right now, I'm I'm pretty happy on iOS. My question for you on watchOS 7 is two, two of them. Number one, did do you remember... When you first went to watch OS 7, and if I remember right, it was in beta, so you, you may not have an answer. But when your watch restarted, did you have to wait probably five minutes for the voice to come on after you turned voiceover on? No, I did not. Uh... So you know the little click-click sound that it makes when voiceover is on? Yeah. And you're flicking between items? Yeah. Uh, I heard that, but, no. but I had to wait. No speech. Probably three to five minutes to get speech on the device. So people interested in it. That's on the watch OS watch watch OS seven watch six. Man, that's not convoluted at all. Man. Uh, See how out of sync that crap is? Like it's, it's like yeah. they had the opportunity to line those products up where watch the watch version would match the version of the new watch, right? Uh but they didn't do that because they decided to reissue the first generation watch as a slight processor bump and then call it the watch OS one and call the the original one series zero, which was nuts uh anyway Apple. so so just for for edification not watch os one watch os two on the first generation watch or watch one yeah so the <laughs> watch os one is what was on the original apple watch when they updated yeah, the, that watch. the series zero yeah but it used to be the series one until well, it actually was not a series anything. So it was just the Apple it was Watch. Just wa- it was just the Apple Watch. Yeah. When they yeah. updated that device, all they did was bump the processor. They literally did not change anything else. Like they had figured out some things they could do to better battery life a little bit. So they, they added that to a second generation of the Apple Watch and then called it Series 1, delegating the name Series 0 to the original Apple Watch that shipped. And the Series one watch i believe came out with app with watch os 2 already on it or watch os 2 came very shortly after it was released yeah. uh not confusing at all one time in apple's life that they could have synced up the, the product name or series number or, or version number with the actual os number so that right now we would be on watch 7 on watch os 7 which sounds better but whatever man <laughs> yeah mike's on the series six mike did you get the 40 millimeter or the 44 i so i got the 40 mallory's had the 44 for a month well since it just right when it came out uh because she was on a fitbit and i didn't think four millimeters would make a big difference but man the the, the size difference is actually quite substantial uh, she even made that comment. Now I got the blue one. I don't know what color the band is, but the watch itself is blue. Um, and I, I am satisfied with the size of it. It's, it's small enough that I'm not going to smack it on too many things. I don't think accidentally, uh, we'll see. And, uh, I can do everything with it, with voiceover. I can even do the rotor, which is awesome. Like that is, that is nice. Um, my second question for you is, is Taptic Time a feature that has gone away in watchOS 7, is, or is it a setting I need to enable? It is broken. In my opinion, at least, it is broken. Uh, it better be broken, Apple. Uh, you do have to turn it on. I don't think it's on by default. If you go to the Watch app and go to... 
but it's broken right now. So in my opinion, it's broken uh, because it does not work the way that it used to. I can occasionally get it to work. Uh, David Woodbridge did a review of it on watchOS 7. It may have still been in beta at the time. WatchOS 7, that is, may have still been in beta at the time that he did this uh, walkthrough. Uh, we'll link to it in the show notes. He was doing it and sounded like it was working the way that it always has worked, which is you just double tap your watch face. Well, if you double tap your watch face, it gives you the time and minutes, uh, the, the hour and minutes. And if you triple tap, it, it just gives you the minutes. Uh, but at one point he mentioned doing his demo. So like, OK, I changed the speed. I flick. I turned my wrist this way and I turned my wrist back this way. And tapped it and then it, you know, so it seems like maybe there's some sort of involved gesture now, possibly, uh, but we'll link to his episode. My opinion is broken because what I'm used to doing, no matter how my watch was previously positioned is raising my wrist up uh, or at least turning it so that I can tap it and double tapping the face and getting haptic time back, which is extremely useful. Uh, Mike, if you turn it on and it still seems broken to you, then I will most definitely feel that requires feedback to. So here's the process that I just use and it's working and it's working reliably. So I have my hand down, uh, on the bed next to me. Right. Uh, and so I picked it up and I turned my wrist. So my watch is facing up and then I just quickly tap twice on the watch. And now it is tapping. Like it just tapped two and then it did four long taps and nine short taps uh, so it, it 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 is working maybe what that means Demasi, is if it's not working for you you need to get the se ah okay yeah that did that did work it took i had a little bit of a delay which i'm not used to either so maybe sometimes it, it maybe would be working and then i just touched the face which disables it because i just did what you said like i had my hand on the desk i turned my wrist so that my watch was up and facing me double tapped and then wait for it, wait for it. Okay, it didn't work that time. No. I was like, mine does not take that long because it, uh, hold on, I'm going to, two, three, four, five. This is horrible. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to walk you through the process. Wrist is up, double tapping in three, two, Never mind. Apparently, I tapped the screen. All right. Wrist is up. Double tapping in three, two, double tapped. And now it's vibrating. Yeah. See, okay. So, raising wrist, turn watch, double tap. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Is it going to do it at all? No. Didn't do anything. That was weird. Maybe maybe it's going out to Mossy. Could be broken. Maybe it's that, that, that is the thing. And that's how come I haven't bitched at Apple, like send any feedback to Apple about it at all. Because I figure like my watch is three years old. Uh, and it's three years. And it is on beta. Well, not, not anymore. Not anymore. It's, oh, it's okay. on the actual it release version. Jumped off of the beta train. Uh, so Apple pushed me off of the beta because uh, 14.0. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Excuse me. 7. Point, wait, what the hell? Are we? Yeah, 7. 7.0.1 came out. <laughs> and that was not a beta. It was a public release. So I did that update. And then 7.0.2 came out and I did that update. So as far as I know right now, I am, I am not. Well, I do know as of right now, I am not on a beta release. As far as I know, there is not a beta even out for watchOS. 
Uh, but I now, could one be thing to be aware of that I don't know if people knew this, but if you don't use voiceover, uh, you can apparently, and I just found this in the watch app, uh, hold two fingers on the screen for a couple of seconds and it will do taptic time. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. It would be nice if they added that just as a, it seems like there may be in a transitional phase where they're going to try to phase out. Uh, I, 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 I am just speculating here that maybe they're going to phase yeah. it into a one thing that works for everybody situation and they just haven't gotten there nice. yet uh which would be cool two fingers on the screen would be nice and then you just give me tap the time that's amazing i would like it uh and i am not one of those who likes their watch to chime every hour no. i it, it is distracting and intrusive but you can do that in watch os 7 now uh, you can have a chime on the hour. Uh, if you have everything set to silent, it will, you know, kind of gently tap your wrist. I don't have it on because even those gentle taps are distracting because I have my notifications kind of pruned down to the point that if my watch goes off, I would say 85% of the time I actually need to look at that notification. The other 15% is... I didn't have to see it, but it's good information to know. Like, oh, you just, you know, got billed for something on your Capital One card or something. Like, I didn't really right, need to see right. that other than, you know, <laughs> I will see it, but I, I didn't need it because, you know, it's not anything weird going yeah. on, but it's like, oh, you know, spin up WP just billed you or whatever. Uh, but it's good to have that notification because if something you're not expecting comes right, through, I can, then I can you can catch, see it right Which then. is why I have those notifications coming through on the watch. Uh, is is for that exact reason. If something unexpected comes and I'm like, wait a minute, what the hell is this? You know, 18, you know, it's $19 charge. It's $20 charge. What the hell is this? I'm like, oh, I forgot to cancel Castro. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, except I did not get caught like that. Uh but yeah, tap the time is great. I, I suspect that part of mine is the fact that my watch is uh, one old, two, uh, it has been banged around a little bit because I want it for every day other than that little couple of weeks during the summer where that beta came out and voiceover didn't work anymore. Uh, I've had my watch on pretty much every day uh, since I owned it. So uh, yeah, it is getting old, a little longer than two. If you're buying, a, I have a Series 3 for anybody curious. Uh, so that's why I say it's three years old. Uh, Series 3 is still for sale. Uh, it is a decent watch if you want to get into the watch OS or, or get into the Apple Watch for the first time uh, and you're not certain. Uh, I would say it's probably about the same price as a super high-end Fitbit, possibly, uh, yep. for the 3. Yep. Brand new, I think you're going to get better results than what I'm getting. You know, Keep in mind, mine has been in use since 2017 versus you know you buy one brand new that has never been used uh do not buy a used third gen series three watch though no uh don't do that uh unless you mainly because you don't know how the person treated it right you don't know how they treated it and then honestly like if they've been using it you know day in and day out for the amount of time that that watch has been available uh is is most likely that your battery life is not gonna my battery life is not terrible at this point though but yeah you don't know how they treated it uh unless you're just buying it because it's cheap and you really don't even know if you want an apple watch and it's like 99 bucks or you know something like that and you're like well you know for this price i guess or if you're gonna give it to a kid uh don't give your kids watches uh but Family sharing for kids is only supported on Watch 4 or greater. Yep. Just Series so 4. So that. if you are considering that, yeah, Series 4 watches uh, or or better will get you the and family sharing. must share. have cellular. 
Yep, and it must, absolutely has to have cellular. Uh, there is no option. Uh, it's my understanding that the Series 3 Apple is selling out of the store, does not have cellular. They don't sell the cellular model of that one anymore. Uh, hmm. I could Sprint T-Mobile, whatever we want to call them this week, is selling the Series 3. Yeah, of course they are. Because uh, yeah. why why wouldn't they? Because uh, they're going to get you tied into a sale plan. Like, oh, yeah, you need data for your watch. Yep. So go ahead and get this. Like, yeah. Uh, cool beans. I want to go back to the size for a second, though, uh, before we get off the Apple Watch. Because I have not even seen a uh, – I did see the original 38-millimeter watch, uh, which is what up to the Series 3 did. But I have not seen one of the 40-millimeter that came out starting with the Series 4 watches. So uh, – Comparatively speaking, because you used to have a, a, a older model Apple Watch, right? Yeah, and I don't. I think I had the thirty-eight millimeter. I think, if I remember right, and compared to that one, it's about the same size. It's slightly larger, but it's about the same size as my last watch. Um, like I, I would say, it's very equivalent to that, actually. And you, you yeah. mean in like physical size? It's about the same size. Yes. Okay. But this one is thinner as far as the, the you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a lot thinner. Okay. And then more screen is, is there. So that, that that's because I've been thinking about the, the 40 millimeter version when I do upgrade my watch uh, because it's smaller. Uh, I don't need to screen real estate. It does save a little, saves a few bucks on the purchase price also, but I don't actually need to screen real estate. And going from. The size I have now, which is the 42 millimeter series three up to a 44, seems like it might be a little too much. Uh, so it would be a slight drop in the uh, size for you. Yeah. I, I think it would be a reasonable size drop because you have full screen on this. So it would roughly be, I, I would imagine, the same size as it would seem as the same size yeah, yeah. as the 42. Yeah. Close, very close to the same screen size that I have, uh, except it will be edge to edge, which means the device itself will be a little bit smaller because it's 40 millimeters versus 42. So that's been my thought process. Uh, we'll check in in a couple of weeks, see what you think about battery life. Uh, yeah, that'll be the big gotcha. Uh, I need to set up complications too. Yeah. Uh, turning off the always on face should save significant battery life for a blind user though, uh, compared to. Yeah, thanks for the reminder. I'll go. I'll go look into that. And I did turn screen curtain on, so because no one needs to look at my watch. Yeah, you know, I had a thought, and I haven't done it yet. I will do it uh, today, though. Uh, which is, I don't have screen curtain on at the moment because I had it off for some reason, uh, and I don't have. Oh, it was when voiceover wasn't working. I was able to turn screen curtain off uh -huh. from the Apple Watch and I had to get Tia help me uh, like reboot the watch because I was like, well, maybe just maybe she needs to restart. It. Yeah. And then after that didn't work, that's when I went and read the release notes on the beta version. It was like, oh, <laughs> well, that's, that's what happens. You should read the notes first before you push upgrade. Yes, Demasi. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to try turning on screen curtain and see if that has any effect on the behavior of tapped at time though. Uh, Seems like huh. it shouldn't, but, huh. you know, look, you got to try everything. when You never know. You never know, you man. Try. You try anything when your chapter time ain't working because that is a feature I rely upon, relied upon religiously. Like, I loved it. It was one of my favorite features of the watch. Uh-huh.
Yep. There was an app that I was thinking I was going to have to go get that would let you do it. You would add a complication to your watch and then you would double tap in the middle of the screen at the, I I want to say it was called like buzz time or something, but you would tap the complication on your watch face. You would double tap it and it would vibrate the time on your wrist. And that was before Apple added taptic time. Uh, Little Ben was the one that I heard about. I think it was called Little Ben. Yeah. Uh, yep. There was that one too. Uh, and yeah. then I heard of the one you're talking about, uh, but I can't remember the name of it either. Uh, we'll check and see if either of these is still in the store. So they will be linked at youronpay.com slash DM59. But you don't necessarily need to go get them. No, not necessarily. <laughs> uh, unless you're, you're. Although I am going to get Sleep Plus Plus. Uh, unless your tactic time is broken like mine is, and then you should probably get them. Uh, <laughs> sleep plus plus great app i like it uh i have actually for a while been using uh hold on i need to tell you what this app is called napbot uh is one that i tried out i've not heard of that one uh and napbot so the primary difference between it i would say and sleep plus plus is that it tries to use uh some of the what does Apple call it? You know, the, the intelligent, uh, the neural, neural network built ah, into the phone, okay. uh, to, to kind of detect when you're sleeping and what your sleep patterns are and such like that. I, uh, I like it. It's, it's accessible. Uh, I think it is a two ninety nine. app. I actually got it free, uh, full disclosure. I, I received it as a free application from somewhere that I put my name into uh, and they drew my name and I got the app for free uh, and decided to try it and it works pretty good. I still like Sleep Plus Plus. Uh, Out of all of the sleep trackers that exist, I think Sleep Plus Plus and NapBot are probably the most accessible ones that I have tried. Uh, One that looks very interesting but has always had accessibility problems is... uh, I don't remember the name of it now. I don't have it on my phone. Sleep. Nope. I don't know what it's called. Anyway, there was one super popular one that that was supposed to automatically detect when you were asleep and do all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, but it uh, it wasn't super accessible. Like to read your data, like your actual sleep data, it, it was not accessible for that those purposes. So yeah, check out Sleep Plus Plus. Check out check out Napbot. Uh, if you're looking for something a little different, I think it's about two ninety nine. But we will link to those two in the show notes because we do know they are in the app. Store. They are in the app store, <laughs> and I can actually recommend both of those. Like either one of those. Uh, Sleep Plus Plus is nice. Uh, it's been around for a very long time. Uh, from David Smith, the guy we were so, talking about that just spits out apps just randomly. Right. He sneezes so them out. I was out. confused because my Apple Watch, when I was setting it up, and then we can move on to something else. If you have something else, I do not have anything else because I didn't add anything we were supposed to talk to and to do us with that shortcut. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I was concerned. I'm like, why does my Apple Watch – because I – admittedly weigh a bit more than what I did last time I had an Apple watch. Another one of the reasons I want to start tracking fitness to, to bring that down. Oh, we get to go back and doing our challenges now. Yeah. Yeah, we can. This time I'm going to actually try to win instead of, you know, Michael, (laughs) Michael Babcock has invited you to a challenge. He's like, all right, sure. Mike, I'll take you on the end of the week. Mike kicked your ass. Uh, (laughs) And see, Andrew's got me going to the gym. Just saying. I mean, throwing that out there. Uh, so I 
was concerned because it, it had my exact weight. And I totally forgot that the wise scale that we have integrates with health. So my weight is tracked through health and automatically came up on the watch. But it threw me off for a minute. Oh, man. So you was freaked the hell out, huh? You was like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. How do you know that? Wait Apple? one damn minute. You're not supposed to do this kind of stuff, Apple. This is Google that would give me this kind of thing. What the heck? Right. Yeah. But Apple was doing what it was supposed to do. Yep, so. pulling from the health app. I am going to uh, get one of those Y scales. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're worth it. Uh, they're worth and it. 30 bucks. Yeah, like that. that, that is, and, and I need to be able to keep, you know, because I'm, I'm getting a little, 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 little chubby around the middle that I'm actually happy with. It's, it's, it's very disconcerting. Uh, and the kids will like it because then they, because it actually shows the weight on it too. So the kids can go weigh themselves. Oh, cool. So it has like a little display on it. All right, we can start. Does me zero good, but. Yeah, but at least it's in the health app and then you can pull it up. Another good app uh, that I have found that uh, for pulling, because the health app itself is very dense and convoluted. <laughs> it's gotten better. It has. It, it has. I'm not saying it's a bad experience. Uh, used to be a bad experience. It, now it's just extremely yes. dense and extremely deep. Like you find yourself drilling down several levels into the app to actually look at the data that you wanted to see. Uh, a good app for viewing uh, all health data out of the app is called Health View. Link will be in the show notes for those of you uh, interested. Health View basically uh, it, it pulls your health data. It lets you customize like what information you want you know, immediately visible on your dashboards. Like if you're super concerned about weight or you're concerned about, uh, you know, what's your heart been up to, uh, you can customize all that, but it's very accessible. Uh, and it makes the information accessible for voiceover users in a way that I think is, is better, uh, than any other app that I have tried. It does. There are several apps on the store that give you different ways to, you know, catalog and, and show your data from the health app. Most of it is done with charts and, things uh, mm. that aren't so health view and health view is free uh there's an in-out purchase i don't know what the in-out purchase is for because i don't remember <laughs> uh i got health view so a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about probably over the next few months not every episode will be spent uh on apple watch strictly but since mike is now back over there uh there are things that we will talk about that you may find useful i have to change my reddit description for the show huh Oh, my Reddit description for the show when I publish it says one's on iOS and one's on Android. Well, I got to kind of change that up a little. Hmm. <laughs> mm, interesting. Yes. Yes, you do have to change that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Health View is an app that I picked up a very long time ago when I you know, first got my Apple Watch. Uh I might even ha- actually had it before I got my Apple Watch because, uh, you know, step counting and all of that. Uh, Pedometer Plus Plus is another good app uh, for step tracking. Again, David Smith uh, underscore David Smith, the amazing guy. Man, he just keeps coming up here and here and here. And these are all apps I didn't realize were his apps that I've either used or heard of. Yeah. uh, Pedometer Plus Plus and Sleep Plus Plus are his. Workouts Plus Plus. uh, Is it called Workout? Yeah. Workouts Plus Plus is an app that I use uh, in place of the default Apple Workouts app. And I can't coherently explain to you why today, 
but I believe when I first started using Workouts Plus Plus, one, it had a few more workout types available by default that you didn't have to try to go jigger to make it work. Apple SS added a lot of more stuff. And it allowed me to save the specific types of workouts that I did for very easy access to start them. Uh, uh. So like an outdoor walk, outdoor workout, other indoor workout, you know, just save the ones that I used a lot. And then I could just easily tap those from the watch screen or using Siri, you know, trigger those specific ones very quickly. Uh, again, another David Smith app. Uh, and he had one that I have not looked at recently uh, called, it used to be called Activity Plus Plus. It's now called Trends Plus Plus. This kind of shows you your activity trends over over time. So, you know, what if, what is your, you know, movement, exercise, standing, all of those things, you know, your activity rings. Uh, what, what has been your trend with those over, you know, certain amount of time? And of course, the more you use it, the further you can go back and all of that. Uh, this is one of the reasons, though, that the Apple Watch, I feel, is uh, just extremely useful uh, because I have not actively done a lot of things as far as, oh, let me log what I ate. Now, that that is a that's another conversation. We should have that conversation. Uh, we should. I haven't logged what I ate or done a lot of stuff, but I also have not been actively logging like my heart rate over time or my activity over time uh, or any of this stuff, but all that data is available to me uh, simply because I've just been wearing my watch, uh, yeah. which is nice. Uh, another app that is not a David Smith app that if you are seriously looking at heart data for some reason, especially I would say, especially if uh, you have any type of heart condition uh, and you have to go speak to a doctor about such things, uh, CardioBot. Uh, it is a subscription application, uh, but it is also uh, very good, very accessible, but very good at pulling up data. Uh, and my story about it is I tried it out uh, because, well, I had NapBot and I was like, well, let me check out CardioBot uh, for hard data. I don't actually need it, but I wanted to take a look at it and then I recommended it, uh, put it on Tia's following on her watch uh, because she does have a, a, a slight heart problem that the doctors are trying to figure out so she goes and sits down basically she has a problem sleeping and trying to figure out is it her heart or is it some other thing uh, so she went to the doctor uh, a couple of months after having started to use uh, cardio bot for for uh, looking at her data like it wasn't so much that the app is doing anything other than giving you the data in a, a very accessible format and allowing you to kind of uh, choose how you want to view said data and it and it can send you notifications uh, when when you detect certain things etc uh, and it ties in with sleep tracking to kind of say your heart rhythm was this when you were sleeping blah 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 uh, a lot of data there take a look at it you can't use it for free before you have to start paying for it I don't remember what the trial limits are maybe seven days maybe 14 uh, but anyway she goes to her doctor and she pulls up the app on the phone to show it to the doctor so the doctor can see what the heart stuff has been doing over the past you know couple of months or whatnot and she was like first the doctor was super amazed like oh my god i can scroll all the way back to because not only is it pulling data that you that is there from the time that you start using the app but it's pulling data that has been uh pushed into the health app from your watch from the time that you started wearing your watch so he was able to scroll all the way back to like 2017 uh and look at this data that had been collected by her watch over that time uh She's like, first, the doctor was super impressed. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, he was like, the doctor's like, I got to get this out right now. 
It's like, man, I wish I still, Apple still had that affiliate <laughs> program going on, man. It could have made me some money. But all the doctors around this little city is running around using CardioBot now. Uh, yeah, but a couple of good apps for health tracking data. Uh, as I say, not necessary. Check them out if you're interested. Uh, and if you like them, get them. If you don't, uh, then don't. The data is still there. So these apps don't necessarily allow said data to be collected. It just is a different way of displaying it to you. Uh, CardioBot also has some other benefits that I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, sleep Plus Plus is the best way to do it with your sleep tracking or nap by though. Uh, Apple's sleep tracking feature in WatchOS 7, I don't like it. I only have one last thing to say, and then we can wrap it up unless you have something else. Last time I used an Apple Watch was December of 2018. I didn't realize it had been that long, but it makes sense. So, yeah, that was an Apple Watch. Did all watch. your data come back? What? Did all your data come back? Like, yep. Did what? Whatever. Okay. Each so. time I kicked your ass on the uh, activities, came back too. Although hey, I hey. was looking for the activities app, and now it's called fitness. That threw me off for a minute. Oh crap! They did change the name. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Eventually, fitness plus plus will probably. Nope, that's not. What, I'm sorry. <laughs> fitness plus <laughs> will probably be a tab in the app. Also, whenever they finally decide to launch that, I am interested in that. Uh, primarily because whenever they release Apple One, I'm going to go ahead and pay for Apple One Premiere. Uh, and Fitness Plus will be included in that uh, for the whole family. So, interested in that. Uh, reminds me of FitBod, which is another app I tried. Some accessibility issues there. Uh, I don't recommend it, uh, personally. Uh, yeah, man. Anyway, activity. We we will get back to that. We, we, we will start to uh, do some things with that. Uh, for sure. We we will even report sometimes on our show who won the last challenge if I won. Uh, if I did not win, that would be cut from the show. <laughs> oh, I think I just invited you. <laughs> uh, I don't have anything else. Uh, go to youronpay.com slash DM59. Check out the show notes. Get the links to things that we have mentioned. Uh, drop us a note. Uh if there are things that you would like to tell us about apps that you're using on your Apple Watch or uses for your Apple Watch, or if you have questions about the Apple Watch uh, at all. One thing I do want to talk about at some point in the future is uh, food tracking, because I think, Mike, you mentioned mentioned wanting to do this. Yep. Uh, and that'll be a good transition into our recipes. Yeah, because we you know start trying to make sure we begin to eat a little healthier around here. As much as possible. Uh, Eating healthy is so expensive, man. (laughs) Oh, my God. Eating healthy is so expensive. I don't understand why rich people are the only ones that are supposed to be able to eat these food. Not really happy about the state of the country right now. All right. So I do have a slight rant that I wanted to get off my chest. And it is, why why do these people who make these amazing apps, such as Google with Google Meet or Google with Gmail... Or do I need to blame Jaws? Because, so I was playing around with Google Meet not too long ago. I actually, it was like uh, about an hour and 10 minutes ago. And I was trying to check my settings and I couldn't get it to work right. And I realized I needed to turn virtual viewer off uh, or the virtual cursor off. And I'm hoping that Jaws fixes this in Jaws 2021. 
not a hundred percent sure that that will come. Uh, and I understand why it was used in the past, but now there's got to be a way for Jaws to be able to read the screen and still let you interact with it because there's keystrokes to do just about anything on the web now, even in Zendesk, which is a tool I use at work every day, 95% of the stuff I can do is done with keystrokes. But you know what? I, Actually, Zendesk works pretty well. Uh, they use like Control-Alt-S to solve something or Control-P to mark something as pending. And I don't have to disable Virtual Viewer on that. But any other tool, uh, maybe a web apps just need to use Control-Alt. Any other tool, you do have to disable uh, Virtual Viewer on it. So that was my slight rant is get with the 21st century Freedom Scientific. I don't know how it is on NVDA if you have hmm, to talk about it or not. Yeah, I have found, so the thing I have found related to that is there are Mac apps that their defaults for shortcuts are control option something, uh, including my beloved Fantastic <laughs> app. It's the default thing to bring up the calendar view is, you know, control option space or m or something i don't know i don't care remember. we always change it uh but yeah and then uh the block editor in wordpress uh uses on the mac they give you key commands mm. control option something to do something uh and I always have to go and hit the little pass through key stroke first before i can do whatever that stupid command is isn't that control tab yeah it is control option tab on the mac to yeah control option. Uh, do the pass through which means the next keystroke you type will not be interpreted by the screen reader at all which means you can use those shortcuts control option something to do something and yep we hear you people if you just use your caps lock key as your voiceover key you wouldn't have that problem I'll tell you sometimes that fucking caps lock key doesn't work I don't know why maybe it's just my computer but sometimes it does not <laughs> behave in a manner that you would expect it to behave as a voiceover key I tried it so that was my rant uh, I think that's everything good deal Mike's on Apple Watch Mike is on Twitter at Payon P-A-Y-O-W-N I am on Twitter at Damasi D-A-M-A-S-H-E show notes uh, and links, more importantly, links to the things that we mentioned and talked about in this show will be at yourownpay.com slash DM59. You've been listening to Your Own Pay Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, visit yourownpay.com slash cast for exclusive content and to contact us today. We're eager to hear your thoughts and about how you're making this podcast your own. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. The Your Own Pay Podcast, yourownpay.com.